Hi guys, welcome back to episode 7 of the Comfy Cozy Chill podcast. I'm your host, Maya, and I'm super excited about today's episode. Um, Since we last spoke, I've actually finished the book I was currently reading and read another one, so I'm up to three books for 2021. Um, And the book that I finished when I recorded the last episode is the book I'm going to be talking about today, which is why I'm really excited for it, because it was a really good book, even though it took me forever to get through it. Not because it was a bad read, just because um, I was really busy and didn't prioritize reading as much as I did watching reality TV. Um, And with me moving and stuff, it was just like a lot. Um, Speaking of which, I am actually recording this in my living room instead of my bedroom like I usually do. So you may hear the dog whining or my cat will probably come over and crawl in my lap and like smell the microphone. But it's a lot easier to record at the coffee table because I can set my computer and my mic on a hard surface than just worrying about having it sitting in my bed. So, um, let's catch up a little bit. Um, I started a new podcast today, a new true crime podcast, because I got all caught up on the other one that I was listening to. And I'm only a few episodes into this new podcast, but I can tell that I'm going to like it a lot. Um, I got a library card at the library in this county that I live in now, and I'm really excited because I had a library card for my old county I was from. I lived in for like my entire life and I just never went once I like went away to college because I was at college I wasn't home and I lost my library card um so I just would never go to the library which I think is why I became like obsessed with buying books and why I've been buying so many recently is because a I never had the ability to go to the library because if I went I would have to a buy a new library card which I didn't want to do and b probably pay some late fees which I didn't want to do um and then the other reason why I buy so many books is because with my new job I have a little bit of some more disposable income and I need to buy things to be happy for some reason so it's a whole thing um but I got a library card and I've gotten three books from the library so far. The first one was okay. Um, the second one was not my cup of tea at all. Um, it's actually sitting on the coffee table next to me right now. It's called The Girl of Hawthorne and Glass by Adon Poole, I think is probably how you say it, because she's, they, they, sorry, it's misgender. They are um, from Canada, so I think the last name must be French, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, But it's just not very good. I literally threw it on the ground yesterday. I just, like, let it drop out of my hands and was like, I can't do this anymore. And I had less than 100 pages left, which is almost completely unheard of for me to not finish a book. Um, And then I got... Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo, finally. Um, And I'm going to read that with a girl I've been talking to on Bumble BFF. Um, 
I just have to start it, which I'm probably going to do tonight um, in between working on the podcast since it comes out tomorrow because I'm recording this the day before your podcast comes out. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of working a lot, going to the library like once a week. Um, I got a new cat and we're just getting used to things here with her. We've had her for about um, one week now. And my boyfriend's dog doesn't really like her. I think he's just being a little territorial and stuff and anxious. So he's not really a big fan. Um, And I've been trying to get her used to being outside on our little deck area. And um, I ordered a a leash and a harness off of Amazon. So I'm going to try to teach her to walk on a leash. Because I want to be the crazy cat lady in my apartment who walks her cat around on a leash. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just what I've been up to. Um, so I'll dive into my book now. It's a contemporary adult novel um, called Forever Interrupted by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um... They also wrote Daisy Jones and the Six and the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which are two of her, like, biggest books. Like, both of them really blew up on TikTok last year, but Daisy Jones and the Six really blew up when it came out. So, and then she has a couple other books that I haven't heard of, but if they're like this, I would probably really like them. Um. I have Daisy Jones and the Six. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to at some point. I'm not really sure when. I may have to become one of those person who reads multiple books at once because there's so many that I want to read and not enough time. So. So this book is about a girl named Elsie Porter who is an average 20-something year old and everything that happens to her is just kind of ordinary. Like, she's a librarian, she moved to L.A. with her best friend after college. Um, Her life's just kind of, you know, kind of plain Jane kind of life. Nothing special ever really happens. Um, And her best friend is, like, this super beautiful girl who gets, like, all the guys. And Elsie's just kind of, like, the girl next door, really down-to-earth type. It starts off with her going to a New Year's Eve party and... Then, like, it being New Year's Day, and she goes out on a rainy New Year's Day to pick up a pizza, and she meets this guy named Ben Ross, um, who is adorable and charming, and they have an instant connection. They instantly have chemistry, and there's just a, an electric attraction between the two, kind of. Um, so they meet in January. And then in May, only five months, six months later, I think they get married in May. Or, sorry, they elope. So they have a very whirlwind, uh, a very whirlwind romance. And they're both very much in love with each other and just kind of do the spontaneous thing of eloping. And then nine days later, after they elope, Ben is out riding his bike, and he's hit by a truck and killed on impact. 
right down the road from their apartment. And, you know, Elsie is, like, the first one on the scene. And they load up Ben's body into an ambulance because they're trying to save him and stuff. And um, she gets a ride to the hospital and finds out that he's dead. She's devastated. And she also meets her mother-in-law for the very first time. And her mother-in-law had no idea that she even existed, that Ben was even dating anybody, let alone married, and doesn't believe Elsie at all when she says that Elsie and Ben are married, doesn't believe her when she said that they're dating, wouldn't let her have any of his personal effects, like anything. And it's really hard on Elsie because obviously her husband just died and she's grieving, and then this woman is also calling her a liar, and doesn't want her involved in any of the decision-making process after Ben dies. Um, It's just really hard. It's really a book about love and grief, which are two very, very strong emotions that really go hand in hand. Like, when you love someone so much, and you lose them like that, the grieving is so much um but the fun thing about this novel is that it goes back and forth between Elsie dealing with Ben's death and grieving for him to Elsie and Ben falling in love which I absolutely loved because I was able to see the relationship unfolding and then the healing process after he died like, back and forth, so if something happened in the part where they're, where Taylor Jenkins Reed is talking about, like, how they fall in love, it can cut to Elsie, like, finding a takeout menu from, like, a restaurant that they went to, or, like, a story that her mother-in-law told at his funeral, or, like, Even just, like, when they moved in together, there was a whole thing. And it just goes back and forth between the two. And I love that. I love when there's two different timelines. I'm a sucker for that. So, that's pretty much really what intrigued me about this book. um, Was that it goes between the romance and the healing process. And why I loved it so much. And in the back of the book... There's actually some discussion questions that I thought would be kind of fun to answer. Um, So let me find them real quick. Um, So this one says that it's not a strictly linear instead time. Jesus Christ. The plotline of Forever Interrupted isn't strictly linear and instead alternates between Ben and Elsie's courtship and Elsie's mourning. How did this affect your reading experience? What do you think the author made this narrative choice? I loved it, like I said before. I'm not sure why she made this narrative choice. Um, This is my book club of one, so I don't really have anybody else to discuss it with. But I think maybe to show what it was like for her to love someone so deeply and fiercely and quickly and then to lose them just as quick as she fell in love with them and what that does and kind of another theme throughout the book and throughout her healing process is that she feels like 
since they were only together for six months, that their love, that her, their love doesn't count, that their marriage doesn't count, that she should just be able to move on, and it's not like that. Grief and love are two different, on two different timelines, two different linear timelines as well as this plot. So I think that maybe that's why Taylor Jenkins Reid decided to do that. That's just my opinion. I don't know. But that's what makes the most sense to me. I'm trying to find my... Close my book again. Um, um, here's another one. They both... Ben and Elsie both voiced the concern that perhaps their relationship is progressing too quickly. Before reading this, would you have thought that two people could be ready to marry after six months of dating? Or did this affect your opinion one way or the other? When I was thinking about this, like, um, I kind of thought of my own relationship and where we were at of six months of dating versus, um, like, when Ben and Elsie were at. And we weren't even living together. We just moved in together, like, a month ago. So we weren't even living together yet. We were celebrating Halloween, um... And that was our first, like, little road trip together. So I don't think that, just, like, logistically, I don't think that we were ready to get married. I wasn't even ready to move in with him at that point. So I think that I could not get married after six months of dating somebody. I couldn't get married without living with somebody because that makes a huge difference on a relationship. And my boyfriend is kind of the same way. Um, But I think that if you are madly, deeply in love with somebody and you really think that it will work out for the best and that you cannot live without this person, go for it. I think it's a base-by-base or case-by-case relationship where not every relationship is the same. And people can get married after being together for like 10, 15 years and get divorced like two years later or people could get married after being together for six months and be married for like 50 years and so I just think it's a case-by-case basic relationship I don't know I don't know what I'm saying and then here's another part here's another good point on two good points I'm gonna do two more of these discussion questions and then um, I don't know. I don't know after that. <clears throat> so, this one is, do you understand, okay, so Ben never told his mother about Elsie, didn't even tell them that they were dating, little and married, like I said. I mean, they had only been married for a week. So, did she didn't know that Elsie existed. She didn't know that her son was engaged, let alone married, let alone dating anybody. So this one is, do you understand why Ben never told his mother about his relationship with Elsie? Why do you think Elsie didn't push him harder on this? So Ben's reasoning from Elsie's point of view that she tells the mother and that Ben tells her, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, is that Ben's father died when he was in high school or college. I'm not sure. But... Ben felt that his mom was never able to move on from his dad dying, so he thought that if 
his mom saw Elsie moving on with, like, a new girl that she would think that Ben was just leaving her behind because she was just kind of, like, stuck in this sort of limbo where she didn't really do anything, but she, like, was still processing the grief. It's pretty obvious Um, because at one point Elsie goes and stays with Ben's mom for a little while during her healing process and, like, just hearing about what the grieving of her son is like for Ben's mom and while she's still grieving the loss of her husband even though it happened like 10 years ago um so she kind of like never really moved on was kind of stuck and I think that's why Ben didn't want to tell his mom because he didn't want to make his mom upset and I can totally understand that I totally see that but I think Elsie should have pushed harder been harder to tell his mom especially because okay so they elope in vegas and at one point they're driving there and he's like i need to talk to my mom and elsie is like what do you mean you need to talk to your mom like this is when you're choosing to tell your mom about me when we're going to get married and they both kind of freak out a little bit just because it's so spontaneous it's moving so quickly And he's like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to get married right now. When it was, like, his idea to elope, pretty much. Uh, So I think that Elsie should have pushed Ben harder to open up to his mom about her. Because, I don't know, maybe that could have helped his mom get out of a little funk if she had something else to focus on rather than her grief. Like, you know kind of getting a new daughter, a new family member, and, like, Elsie's also worried throughout the book that Ben's not telling his mom about her because he he is embarrassed by her or thinks that his mom will be embarrassed by her because she kind of has this strained relationship with her parents where it's very similar. Her parents don't really approve of what she did. Her being a librarian, her being out in L.A., her even dating this guy. Um, I don't think they knew about him, but after he dies, she calls and tells them what happened. And she's like, we were only together for six months. And they both kind of write it off and are like, that's nothing. Like, get over it. And they're both very, like, cruel about it. But, but yeah, this book really made me cry, too, because it's just so sad. Like, it's Notebook level sad or like um the fault in our stars level sad it's just really really sad um because i mean he dies within the first 50 pages maybe even like the first 20 like the first little chunk of the book ben dies so it's really sad and that you're like learning all this and then you get to know Ben as a character and you get to know Ben and Elsie's relationship and how much they were in love and how much he loved her and how much she loved him and then there's like just little things back and forth that go between falling in love and the grieving process where you're like ouch that actually hurts knowing that he's not here and that she has to deal with that on her own. And then also to, I mean, you're not really watching her because it's a book. 
but to watch Elsie just fall apart in the weeks after his death is devastating because like I've never I've gone through loss like that but never so devastating I've never lost somebody like that immediately close to me where they were like my entire world my entire family so it was just it's a very devastating and like sad book to read but it also like really makes you believe in love um if you don't believe in love definitely read this book because ben and elsie were definitely in love what do you think kitchen kitchen has some words what do you think She agrees. She really enjoyed the book as well, even though she, we didn't have her yet when I finished the book, but um, she tells me that she really enjoyed the book as well, and I think it would be a great movie, like a notebook level movie. Great rom-com, very upsetting, but huh, I don't know, but yeah, so... Um, this was my second book of 2021. I would give it, I'd give it four and a half stars. Um, I take half point off just because, you know what, I take it back. I give it five stars because I can't even think of anything that was wrong with it. It was so good. I can't even think of anything that I didn't like about it. Other than that, it took me a really long time to read it, but that was my fault, not the book's fault. Um, so definitely check it out. Um, I found it at Half Price Books, so maybe check your local Half Price Books, your Barnes and Nobles, your mom and pop shops, your library, maybe Amazon as a last resort if you can't find it anywhere and you want to buy it. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, so that's episode seven about Forever Interrupted by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else for you, but stay cozy, friends. Me and my cat are going to go sit on our deck and start reading another book, maybe, or edit this podcast that I haven't decided yet, but yeah. So everyone have a great week. I will talk to you in two weeks and we'll maybe have some more fun books to talk about. Okay. Stay cozy, friends. Stop getting me.